Greetings, listeners. Hello, how y'all doing today? Topher here with you. I'm Billy. Ooh, what a shock. And we are the Bears on Film. <sighs> I'm done. <laughs> You're tired, mate. Is that, is that all the notes you've got written down? I exercised this morning. I'm knackered. <laughs> yeah, I just did some star jumps. Just yeah. warm up for recording. Get yeah. blood flowing. <laughs> oh, this is good stuff. Today we're talking about Lady Bird. Yes, we are. Best reviewed film in history. Uh, well, no, I think that record it did. Some some douche had to come along and yep, give it a give it rotten. Two bad reviews. Oh, it's up to two now. Yeah. Why well, we, no, why it was we almost. Even, yeah. Why, why are we, we talking, talking about, about this film? Piece of shit. Clearly, it's trash. <laughs> um, what did it again? Get, what did it get up to? On uh, got up to two hundred and eight reviews before it got a negative one. Yikes! Which the previous record was Toy Story, Toy Story two. two. Um, again, as we've said, Rotten Tomatoes isn't really anything to, kind of to go by. Kind of stupid. But that being said, it gives you some kind of metric that this film should be good. One would think. Yes. Going into it, your expectations are pretty much set at quality. That's oh, yeah. That's fair to say. Yeah. Definitely above average, at least. You know that 100%, well, 100% of these reviews minus two were at least, what, six stars and above. So well, if not, not if, if they're by not if they're by five stars, that would no, be that would be that would be that's insane. Impossible. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, but so you expect it to be good? Yes, you do. Uh, Can I ask you straight off whether you think it's good? You want me to reveal that right up? I do. Fucking loved it. Yeah, it's really good. Loved, <laughs> loved every it's second. Really of this good. Movie. I mean, this movie's made for us. Like, it, I just I love seventeen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Get, hit us up with the plot. So it's a, I've heard, some people have said it's this autobiographical account of Greta Gerwig's growing up. It's not really. It's not. I it's believe it's semi, semi, I mean. It's semi-autobiographical. She, she grew up in, um, in Sacramento, Sacramento and her mum is a nurse. Uh, yeah. But uh, she has said that, no, she's really not like Lady No, Bird. from what I've heard, it's more autobiographical in the sense of the feelings and emotions that you feel at that time, not in the sense of these things happened to me. So the character of Lady Bird, whose real name is Catherine, but she goes Christine. by- Sorry, I knew it was a C. I was in the, you know. You're fucked was, up already. Mate, you know, I was on, I was kind of, I was in the right suburb. Give me that. <laughs> She's played. Christine McDonald. That's her. McPherson, you idiot. <laughs> you can't get any of this right. I didn't say the last God, thing, did you, I? Work, you work out like one morning and all of a sudden your brain is addled to mush. It's all gone. <laughs> but look at my guns. <laughs> be like Johnny Drama. Yeah. Except I have calf muscles. Um, anyway. Lady Bird, played rather magnificently by Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan is outstanding in this film. And the main, would you say it's the main focus of the film is the mother-daughter relationship? Not at all. I was actually going to bring that up. I've seen people say that this is a movie about a mother-daughter relationship, but this is just a coming-of-age movie. Mm. And when you're coming of age, your, your parents and your relationship with your parents is a, a large part of that. But I don't think that this is a movie about a mother-daughter relationship. I think this is a movie about a 17-year-old girl. And certainly the second most important person in the story is her mum. Yeah, of course, as it is for most 17-year-old girls. The second most important in their life is their mum mm. and then their friends. But yeah, her best like, friend is very important in the story. Her dad's very important in the story. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I think it's fair to say that the most important relationship in the film is the mother-daughter I, I'd, relationship. I'd agree with that. Yeah. But it had certainly been, I don't know if sold to me is the right way to put it, really. Yeah, I was but expecting- But my expectation was that this really was going to be a mother-daughter film. 100%. That's what I was expecting walking in. I thought this was a movie about a mother-daughter relationship, but- I was pleasantly Which it is, surprised. But it's also a bunch of other things. It's much more than that. Yep. The mother, of course, played by the much lauded Laurie Metcalf. God, she's good. 
she's wonderful. Well, I mean, straight up, again, as we said last week with Black Panther, I don't think there's a bad performance in this film, really. No. Yeah. No, there's not. No. The, like the staff at the school, they're so good, aren't they? The teachers, yeah. the- Everybody, yep. One of the um, the guy who's the, the maths teacher- Yeah. Who <laughs> I heard uh, Greta Gerwig say that um, the way that she- that guy, I can't remember the actor's name, but he was asking her, like, where, where am I coming at this character from? Who is he? And she was like, he's the only teacher at school that's funny, only he's not. It's just that he's the only teacher under 40, so they think he's yeah, cool, yeah. but he's not quite smart enough Mate, to know that. Which is, it's <laughs> And it's absolutely bang on. Yeah, yeah. That's what I loved about this movie. It's not, you know, like, that whole plot could have so easily been turned into, oh, you know, this this teacher happens to be a creep or something like that. But it wasn't. It just captured, you know, how many teachers when you were at school did you have a stupid little crush on? Like, and it's it's literally just that. It's just, it so perfectly captures life as a teenager. Yeah. Like, yeah. One thing, I'd, so I'd heard this about this film months ago where someone said, and this was a, a male reviewer, I think in his 40s. Yeah. And he was like, the, the truly like borderline magical thing about this film is that even if you're, a male in their 40s. Yeah. You you are Ladybird. Yes. That's the great thing about this and it's very clever. So set in 2002. That's when we were in high school. I was. Like you were still in high school. <laughs> I was already You're leaning on the Zimmer fuck. frame. But so I was in high school at this time. So the whole movie as well as it's it's a nostalgia kick. So it's almost like it's made for people like us who are now at that age of becoming parents. So we're almost looking back on this film, not as the Laurie Metcalf character, but like, you know, I heard Greta Gerwig say that part of her intention was to film the entire movie so that it felt like a memory. Yep. And she fucking nailed that. Yep. Like, that's how this movie feels. I remember speaking of, yeah, Gre- so Greta Gerwig, if, if you don't know, writer and director. Uh, um, debut director, yeah. Yeah, she had co-directed something previous to this, yep. I believe. But yeah, certainly her first solo outing. And you, I think you could be forgiven for thinking, judging from the trailers anyway, that this is really reliant on the script and that the direction will be not necessarily that inventive and it just kind of presents the story. And that's kind of true, but it's also absolutely perfect. Yeah, I thought the direction in this movie was great. It could have been, like, yes, it is simplistic, but it could have been, that doesn't mean that it's without style. Exactly. You can be simplistic and still have a very clear vision, and this movie does that. I thought that the pacing of both the screenplay and the direction and editing was outstanding. Everything is very, it's very fast-moving. Which is what life as a teenager is like. It's very fast, but you jump from one thing to the next. But at the same time, it gives you those moments to linger on things. And I just thought it couldn't have been done any better. Yeah. So, like, there's nothing in directing this film. It's not like there's no reason to get in the techno crane or anything like this. No, that's the thing. The way that this story is presented, I think, is just absolutely the way it should have been done. Yeah, because Gerwig that's what the story is. Yeah. Out of the park. Yes. I saw her talking. They did a... There was this panel discussion of the, I think it was the nominees for the Directors Guild Awards, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Pretty long talk. It's like uh, the better part of three hours. We're talking to the, the five directors that were up. And up on stage there, you've got two first-timers in Peel and Gerwig. Yeah, and who both knocked it out of the exactly. park this year. And if you've got a spare three hours, as I clearly regularly do, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd totally recommend checking checking this out if you can track it down. Because, one, it's just really interesting listening to all these people talk. But with Peel and Gerwig, 
it, if you had any kind of notion that there was any kind of beginner's luck here or just leaning on the fact that they had a really strong script, that gets completely washed away. The yeah. amount that Gerwig is so on top yes. of her game is just so bloody apparent. And you know what I think part of that comes down to, too, is that the story for these two is so personal. They wrote it themselves as well. They have such a clear vision. It's not like they're adapting somebody else's work or they're taking somebody else's screenplay. They, this was, for in both cases, it's almost like a passion project. Like, no wonder the direction is outstanding. And I can't wait to see what these two do next and whether they nail it again, because I think that's the real question. I think when when you write something like this yourself and you've got such a clear vision, you would hope that you would knock it out of the park, which both of them outstandingly did. And I can't wait to see what comes out of them next. Something that's um that I love about this is that it's kind it's this warts and all approach to character yes. in the film. Like we like Ladybird. Yeah, but she's not a she's not a perfect person. She's a teenage girl. Exactly. And but, her mum, played by Laurie Metcalf, is not is not perfect. But she's also not a monster. Yeah. She's a regular she's, mum. Like, she's mum. I grew up with two sisters, and I'm not saying that their relationship with my mum was identical to this, but there are elements of it. You know, like every these are issues that I think every teenage girl has with their mothers at some point. And we're seeing it from Ladybird's perspective. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little element of unreliable narrator going on here and we're seeing her maybe a little bit harsher than she actually is. Because like I said, the whole film feels like a memory. So you remember things differently than they happened. So yeah. Oh, yeah. But right from of course, the opening shot of the film is Lady Bird and her mum lying down facing each other. Right from yeah. the beginning, you have this idea of them yeah. being this kind of reflection in, of each other. Yeah, and there is a huge sense of love between them the yep. entire movie. Even when they're fighting like they do, you never for one second feel that these two characters don't love each other. And that comes up even, you know, when Lady Bird's first boyfriend keeps talking about how her mum is kind of cold. Yep. And even when Lady Bird is fighting with her mother, she is constantly defending her because she yep. loves her. She's her mum. Yep. It was just perfect. Yep. And late, like, yeah, Lady Bird herself, we really like her. But then there's also those moments where, like, when the when the play is cast, and she's totally shit to her friend. Oh yeah, not really in, not really intentionally. And her friend is great, might oh, I love so Julie. Good, that actress she? is fantastic. She's great, and that character adds so much to this film. And that's a really nice little bit of storytelling, kind of where the when they're looking at the rundown of of the cast. Yeah, and it's not done. It's not a big deal, but just the way that Lady Bird is completely self-centered about it yes. and then we just have that little linger on on the friend which tells us a bunch about this dynamic and stuff and it's done in all of five seconds yeah and it's- that's one of the things i love about this film is that every character has a place even little side characters you know like i really like the little times that we see her friend's mum's boyfriend you know, like just when they first turn up to school and he's packed a lunch for both of them, you know, like it's that kind of little things that just gives you more feeling into this world that has been created. Speaking of the whole warts and all thing too, can I give massive props? I don't know if this is to do with having a female director, but I love the fact that they let Saoirse Ronan look like a person. She's got acne on her face. She looks like a teenage girl. And even when you see teenagers in film, like when you're watching Glee or something, for example, and they all have immaculate skin, and I love that they just let her do this. Yeah. And I don't know, again, I don't know if that's to do with having a female director, but we need more of that. The the dad as well is someone who you just so quickly, you've just got such a good grasp of who this guy is. Yes. And that's, I think that's the case for, like, everyone in the film, really. So quickly, you're just like, yep, I know who that is. Yeah. I've met that person. Yeah. 
or like either that is my mum or I know that mum yeah. or that is my dad or I know that dad. And the yeah. dad, like, I know, I know that dad. Yeah. Who does I know that guy who like just, you know, the house can be erupting around him or whatever. And he's just sitting in the chair. Playing solitaire. Exactly. (laughs) I know that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I love that every moment in this movie is both sad and hilarious. It is side-splittingly funny and heartbreaking all at the same time. You know, the moment with, you know, the priest crying in her class when, you know, he's like, let's play a game to get our emotions out. The first one to cry wins and And we're playing two. And like, it's funny. It's funny. but, But at the same time, it's like, oh- Shit, you know, or like her 18th birthday when she goes to the shops to buy cigarettes and porn and porn and and it is so funny and it is just as sad as that moment actually would be in real life when she's standing outside looking at these dicks and and you could just tell that she's like, well, this isn't as good as I thought it would be. I remember actually, yeah, in the theater, I remembered when that scene's happening, I was like, I remember being out with a mate of mine. And we were just out waiting for it to go midnight so that he could go in and buy and buy a round. And he went in and he didn't get ID'd. And yeah. had to be like, <clears throat> yeah. I think you're forgetting something. Yeah. <laughs> it's 12.01. <laughs> like that, that's exactly what these moments, and like losing her virginity too, where it's so funny the way that he just goes so quickly like that. And you're almost laughing. And then you get saddened by it because you know how much this meant to her and how little it means to him. Like Greta Gerwig just captures everything in this film so well. And the way, I, yeah, again on that scene, it's kind losing her virginity in it. Like, sure, it's a big moment in the movie, but it's also kind of a non-event. Yes, it is. That's what I mean. It's it takes like thirty seconds. There's nothing to it at all. It's not romantic but it's not unromantic it's just a moment it's just this thing that happened <laughs> yeah at that at her age and and so let's do timothy i think we, i think we just say i think we just say timothy <laughs> well what's with the accent mate i don't know i didn't put it there timothy chalamet okie dokie you go with that you go with that so timothy chalamet i thought was very good in this film he, he was good he perfected the douche i haven't seen call me by your name which i know that you think is very very oh, good and yeah i haven't seen call me by your name yet but i thought that timothy chalamet was fantastic in this he plays the perfect douche yeah and again i, just, again, I wanted to punch him in the face again you know that guy i know that that guy. I'm sure that for a brief period of high school, I was that guy. <laughs> I think all of us were a douche at some point in our lives. Some of us have clung to it. But he plays it so perfectly when, when he's talking about cell phones. Exactly. Now, the CIA didn't need to put trackers in our pockets because we went out and bought them ourselves. Yep. And, and she doesn't even get She's like, I don't have a tracker. And he's like, cell phones. I'm talking about cell phones. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just hilarious. He was great. And yeah, props to him for being willing to, to play the guy. <laughs> a dickhead. Yeah, As, yeah exactly. Yeah. He doesn't try make him sympathetic at all. Again, all, all of these characters are just played like people. It It's so funny to me how this movie, I'd almost put it with The Florida Project in terms of capturing reality. And yet they're completely different styles. This, this is a fully scripted, you know, fully directed approach. And yet, the way that Greta Gerwig has written these characters and the way that these actors have read the lines is so grounded that they're just people. Like, you know, my favorite bit of direction in the entire film, I think, is when she's moved on from Danny onto Kyle. 
Yeah. And we just get the shot of the names on her bedroom wall. Yeah. And it's it like like so much of the direction in the film. It's totally simplistic. It's this, yes. just this yeah. straight on shot of it. And it's also completely perfect. I love that this movie, it's not about them being a poor family or anything. Because I don't even get the sense that they're- I think they're probably kind of middle class and it's just because she's at this school with all these rich kids, it feels so much worse. But they've just captured what it's like to to kind of struggle a little. Yeah. And like, then I, I like the fact that we get – there is like financial struggle is a part of the home life of Lady Bird's family. But then at the end of the film where she goes to her friend's house and like she lives in a – as she would think of it as being a not particularly nice house. Yeah. Then finally we see her friend's house. Yeah. And it's, who it's lives like in, in a hotel type thing. Yeah. Just this tiny little – pretty ordinary looking yep. apartment. It's like, well, could be worse, Ladybird. Yeah, I thought that was great. And when they even bring that up, I love when um, after she loses her virginity and Kyle's kind of lecturing her about, you know, all this other stuff. And she's like, not everything has to be war, you know, like not everything has to be that level bad. This is still bad. And I thought that was a really nice sentiment that your struggles are your own struggles and you don't need to compare them to other people. Like, I think that was a really important thing to learn as a teenager. So the, I think, um, I think Gerwig wrote this in 2013, I think. Yeah, right. Um, the, apparently, the, when she first wrote the script, it was 350 pages long. You're kidding So me. it would have been like a six and a half well, hour this had, movie. This has had a huge cut because yeah. it's barely ticking an hour and a half. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know if you know this, but general rule of thumb is one page equals one minute. A minute, yeah. Now, with- Films like this where it's very dialogue heavy, that might be a little bit off. You're probably looking a little bit more than that. But, yeah, wow. Yeah. So, she th- it must have just been a massive chunk of yeah of memory and, and everything going into the original script until it's like, well, <laughs> this isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, written. So, it took it took a while to get, and hardly surprising with, with indie films that it can take a while to get these things to happen to finance oh, them and yeah and everything i and, think and again we've said it a million times on this show but props to a24 a24 and places like that for just making stuff like this yep. <laughs> like- they i think gerwig and ronan met kind of two three years back at i think it was at an awards ceremony yeah, right. they met and got talking about it and i think they actually wound up going to Sir ronan's hotel and doing a bit of a read. Oh, really? And Gerwig was like, well, there's my lead. Yeah. How did you find Saoirse Ronan's accent in this film? I found it absolutely bang on, but I'm not American, so I don't know. I just fully believed that she was American. It Again, I'm an Aussie. I don't know. But, you know, we're pretty attuned to the American accent because that's where most of our entertainment comes from. And I thought she did a great job. Yeah. I stand to be corrected, but- Yeah. Yeah. I even noticed a few times where obviously she's playing some from someone from Sacramento. I even found a few words where you could pick it up as a, as a Californian accent, you know, as opposed to just a generic American accent. There yeah. were just a few words because that she Because a lot said of the were, time, I think, particularly British people, kind of land on this mid-Atlantic- Yes. Accent. Yes. So it winds up being a kind of posh yeah. American accent. Yeah. But yeah, I did hear Saoirse Ronan say recently that she feels like she's just gotten to the point with doing Amer- American American accents where she can actually do a bit more placing of it. I did think um, a little while after after seeing Lady Bird, Edge of Seventeen came into I've my heard- mind. I've heard a lot of comparisons between this movie and oh, okay. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I have, still haven't seen Ed- Edge yeah, of Seventeen. Yeah, I was totally into Edge of Seventeen. I thought it was really good. But in Edge of Seventeen, the difference for me is that in Edge of Seventeen, you're watching a story unfold. It's not like Lady Bird where you, you feel like it's your experience. Yeah. I mean, again, this 
like we were saying with Florida Project, this almost, in a sense, has no plot, but at the same time it does. It, it's not like- I mean, if you just look at the Wikipedia plot for this film, it basically just says a 17-year-old growing up in Sacramento in 2002. Like, because the predictable because that's thing- that's all it is, really. The predictable thing would be prom is what we're getting to. Yeah, but- Whereas that comes up in the film kind of out of nowhere and then is, yeah. is done with it. It's actually not a big event. Yeah, and of course, because this is an American school year too, because you guys are all messed up and you have your school year going through the middle- like two years and then you end it with you know her going to college which and so the college in the film isn't named but i think you see some colors or something which informs you that it is actually the college that greta gerwig did go to right because she applies for several and yeah you see the named ones on the rejection letters but you don't see the name apparently apparently it's the colors on the acceptance letter or or the letter that says she's on the waiting list is a, a nod Two weeks. Alma Mater. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on the ending of this film? I think the film ends really well. It could if it if it had wanted to, it could have ended five minutes earlier, but I'm completely comfortable with that. Yeah, so so you feel it could have ended at the airport? That's one critique I've seen of the film is that it could have ended there. It could have, and that would have been a good ending, but I have no beef with the ending. Yeah. Yeah, I can completely understand the need the either the the need or the desire to have that closure of that final phone call. Yeah. I think that is, and I think that is actually reasonably important. I think as a as an ending, maybe yeah. the airport would have been a cooler ending. Yeah, but character wise, the ending we get probably I think is actually better. Yeah, and even speaking about that phone call, I don't think that that's full closure. She doesn't see her mum. She doesn't even talk to her mum. It's a voicemail. It's more closure for the character of Ladybird that she is growing up. Like I said, this is a coming of age story. She calls her mum and she says, "Hey, it's." Christine, which is the first time in the film she's used her own name apart from when she's kind of trying to sound like a normal person to impress someone. Yep. So, you know, and she says, that's the name you guys gave me and it's a good one. And that's just kind of, yeah, it's her growing up and realizing my parents are people, which is something that everybody learns at one point in their life is that your parents aren't just parents. They're people too. They had dreams at one point and- like- Not mine. <laughs> Your parents are the single best humans on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) And I know they listen, so hi, Tess. (laughs) Good job. I'm clearly great, so well done, you. Okay, so I guess we're kind of at the end here. What are your final thoughts? What are you rating this? Um, Are you part of the 99%? I certainly am part of the 99%. Shock. (laughs) (laughs) My mouth is a game. If either of us hadn't liked this, the other one might have just left the show and been like, what is wrong with you? I just don't I just don't think there's anything not to like about it. I don't understand how a person could not like this movie. And I know that sounds like a dick thing to say because film is subjective and everybody's different. But I find this film is pretty firmly for everyone. Like we were saying about Shape of Water, I feel like it's arty yet approachable. Like I feel like it pretty evenly ticks all the boxes and does everything I wanted to do. Yeah, I was um, I was probably my decision of what to give it out of ten was between an eight or a nine. Yeah, um, I fell onto an eight in deciding it was a film that I think is really, really, really good without quite tipping over into greatness. All right, um, historically, I'm always <laughs> more in love with films than you. What are, what's your guess? Uh, it's going to be nine or ten. Yeah, I'm a nine. Yeah, I loved this movie. I just thought it was near 
perfect. I think it's great. I'm still not sure if it's my favorite coming of age movie because I still think that maybe Juno holds that for me. What about you? Where do you go with coming of age movies? Um, yeah, well now I'm on the spot. I hadn't thought of it at all. I yeah, Juno is a good call. Um, I might have it about on par with Juno. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I think there's uh very little to fault it on, really. And now, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of us who are going to be really excited to see what Gerwig does next. Yeah, I just I just can't wait to see what happens next and how soon we get it as well. Because as I said, this is a very personal story. Like you said, she was working on it since 2013. So here we are five years later. So God, she may have started writing it. Who knows when? Oh, probably at least a year before. So yeah, so who knows what's coming next? But I, I personally can't wait to see it. So this now is your final film of all of the best picture nominees that you have to see. So you've now seen all nine. I've completed the set. All right. Obviously, we'll go into this on our Oscars episode, but just as a quick question, where does this sit in the nine for you? It's in the conversation for the top. Oh, for the very top. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I can't wait to have that conversation with you next week. Yeah, so next Monday, we're going to hit up with uh, Golden Voyager Sinbad. And then on Thursday, that's right, you're getting two weeks of double episodes from the Bears. So get excited for that. (laughs) Getting your money's worth, people. (laughs) So next Thursday, a week today, you'll be hearing our Oscar predictions, which is just before, I believe the ceremony happens that Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So Monday for us. So probably take the day off work. Come from us. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us if you want to get in touch with us you can do that at bearsonfilmmailbag at gmail.com or you can find us at bearsonfilmpodcast at Facebook and Instagram or bearsonfilmpod at Twitter and just we're on iTunes Spotify Stitcher anything you want so please tell a friend about the show and have a good one hey catch it yeah let's have a contest right here right now I want you to choose a sentence and say it in your best American accent yeehaw <laughs> Do I win? Yeah! (laughs) We all know all Americans are cowboys. Fact. (laughs) Except for the ones from Boston. (laughs) He parked his car in Harvard. Oh, fuck. That's terrible. (laughs) Cut that.